0: And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the second round of project funding under USDA's Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program on Monday afternoon. He says the second round of funding is different from the first. We realized that we needed to have smaller projects that could also
1: be available. We're announcing the second phase, a phase that really is focused on smaller scale farming operations and partnerships that will in fact ensure full participation in this historic opportunity to transform American agriculture. We're announcing $325 million to be awarded to 71 additional projects. These grants will range anywhere from a quarter of a million dollars to as much as $5 million.
0: He says the Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities is giving farmers across the country a chance to innovate when it comes to climate. With this $325 million investment that we
1: announced today, it brings to a total 141 projects. $3.1 billion committed over the next three to five years. We expect and anticipate with this investment that at least 60,000 farmers across the United States will participate in one or more projects.
0: And the program is open to all segments of U.S. agriculture and forestry
1: all sizes of farming operations involved, all commodities, all methods of production, and projects in every single state of this great country. We think that we will learn from these projects that indeed climate smart practices do reduce greenhouse gas emissions connected to agriculture. We believe that maybe as much as 60 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent could be reduced as a result of the promises and commitments made in these projects.
0: And for more information, uh, Vilsack encourages folks to go to USDA.gov. While speaking at the Wisconsin Farmers Union Annual Convention, USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau says he would like to see changes to the federal farm loan system. I would like to see the Farm Service Agency be able to offer the best deal
2: out of the gate and function less like a lending institution and more like a federal government initiative. The challenge that we have right now is that our loan officers, for whatever reason, are often in a more conservative frame of mind than they need to be. And that conservative frame of mind actually puts the producers in a weaker position because we don't extend the best terms that we can at the outset.
0: Duchino says USDA is working internally on several fronts to bring change.
2: The message that I take out to organizations like the Wisconsin Farmers Union, to stakeholder groups that I get to visit with, is we are going to try to change this to a culture of getting to yes. And the Secretary of Agriculture is now talking about using our loan servicing tools sooner rather than later and catching folks before they fall off the cliff. And I'm really proud to be here, part of that, and look forward to hearing from all of our producers in the countryside as we navigate through these times.
0: For example, an FSA loan application is 29 pages long.
2: The team is working really hard on refining that, streamlining the process so that we can get to more timely decisions for our producers. And 29 pages is just frankly too much for anything. And that's the short end. And it isn't the fault of our county staff, so so don't beat them up when you talk about it. They'd rather have it be better, too. It's our job as leadership at the national level to do that. Our farm loan team has been working on that for years. Now we've got the stars aligned to where we're going to get there and start to streamline that and bring it down to around a
0: 12-page application to start with. And again, that's comments with FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau from the recent Wisconsin Farmers Union Convention. Well, carbon farming is a hot topic for row crop growers, but what opportunities are available for ranchers to get involved in the carbon market? Jerry Stevens is the regional sales manager for Agoro in the upper Midwest to Pacific Northwest. He says the carbon market is now an emerging opportunity for ranchers.
3: The range of pasture programs are new in this industry. We're one of the few that offer those programs for livestock producers. It's really nice the fact that we can work with them to implement regenerative practices like improve grazing, do some seeding for biodiversity, and also nutrient management out there. And through that process, they develop healthier soils. They develop organic matter. And as an agronomist, an agronomy guy, and as a rancher, know that if you have organic matter out there it's water holding capacity it's water infiltration and what that does that helps them produce forage
0: much of the country was hit by extremely dry conditions last summer. He talks about how some of the carbon-recommended management practices could help in those situations.
3: The first thing I'll answer is that all these ecosystems, these range of pasture grounds, are just primed for growth. We all know how resilient they are. You get an inch of rain and it just greens up. That's a great way to sequester carbon. But let's just go back to the reason why long-term it helps people manage risk. And we talked a little bit about water, and water is key. I was with a range scientist in South Dakota recently at a stock Grower association meeting, and he talked about the fact that an inch of water on a range of pasture you can hold that would mean another 250 pounds of forage you think about a cow that eats a thousand pounds a month that means it's an extra week with a forage for a cow like that so if we can help people manage water infiltration rates really what you're doing is you're helping your soil health and you're sequestering carbon and we can pay you for that
0: and he talks about how some of these practices can help ranchers
3: there's a lot of talk about rotational grazing. It doesn't mean you have to break everything into 20 acre paddocks, but if you're going to be doing some fencing, there's one way to do it. It could be electric or hardwire fence, for example. It could be just seasonally. We always start out with pasture A in the early part of the summer, and then we move moved to A, B, and C pastures. If you just do nothing more than change the pattern in which you're within pastures, it can really affect the forage quality out there. Also, it could be as simple as where you put mineral or salt blocks. If you move that around a pasture, what we're trying to do is get more animal activity across that whole pasture. It most situations when you just do a release in a 2,000 acre pasture, cattle really only utilize about 20% of that forage. There's a certain species they like out there, they just keep walking and eating that same one. Whereas if we can force them into an area to really graze an area a little more directly, they'll utilize more of that forage.
0: And Stevens offers advice for ranchers interested in the carbon market.
3: Just engage with the markets. Too many people self-disqualify. They decide this can't be for me or I don't think I would ever qualify. And most people are surprised that we really respect what people want to do in their operations. I'm not going to be there to tell them on stocking rates or how long they need to be on a pasture. We don't get involved in those conversations. But what we do work with them is implementing these practices and documenting it. So when we come back in year 5 or in year 10 and take soil samples, we can tell the story about where that carbon came from.
0: You can learn more about the carbon market and practices that add value to your farm or ranch at agorocarbonalliance.com or email info at agorocarbon.com. And finally, here on American Ag Today, with only a couple weeks remaining in the lame duck legislative session in Congress, the push is on to get Senate passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. U.S. Representative from Washington State Dan Newhouse says they've been making some progress in recent days.
2: We're making some real good progress. Some of the stumbling blocks or the challenges in the House language are being addressed in a positive way in the Senate. And so I think the number of Republican senators that are indicating support or a likelihood of voting yes
0: is growing. One of the issues, Newhouse says, is farm wages. We
2: just recently got the projected wage numbers, the percentage and the amount of increases that each state would see in the adverse wage rate. It's pretty significant for some states, 14, 15 percent increases over last year.
0: Some rumblings out of the Senate indicate that if the Farm Workforce Modernization Act doesn't pass this month, it will not be brought back in the next session. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.